Hi and welcome to this week's show, which is all about overcoming roadblocks. Now, if you want to grow a business so that it runs without you, you're going to have to get really used to dealing with roadblocks. And if you don't want to have a business that runs without you, which I think is madness, even have a successful business, you have to be able to manage your way through roadblocks. So let's start out with, well, what are roadblocks? Let me share some stories from the trenches in our work with clients. It's probably the best way to explain what a roadblock is. So we have a client that's on board with us from the UK, a wonderful gentleman called Adam. Now, Adam does big events all around Europe. So big uh, sound stages and things like that. They fit out with our electronics and all that stage stuff. They do big corporate gigs where they're, you know, putting the big screens up and running all the electronic stage equipment and the event um, equipment. You can tell I don't know a lot about the technicals of what they do. That's not my job. Anyway, they've brought us on because Adam was just too, too busy. And like a lot of business owners that we work with, just totally trapped in his business. And how do people get trapped in their business? Well, the main reason people get trapped in their business is that they're not trained in what we know, which is how to set a business up so it runs without the owner. Now, in early stages, a business that runs without the owner um, it doesn't mean that their owner's off <laughs> doing a whole bunch of good holiday things. After clients work with us for some time, that's what they're doing. They can go away for two or three months and the business will run without them. They could go away for six months. They could just work a few hours a week and their leadership team runs their business. But typically, in the early stages, when you, even when you know what we know, when you're building a business to run without you, what it really means is it allows you to be in what we call the conductor stage. So the conductor stage is when you are controlling all the resources. You're, you're being way more strategic in how you think. You, it's all about being smart. It's all about working out strategies and understanding the principles required to build a very successful business. And you're not the resource. So when you work in your business, you're doing everything in your business. And you'll become a roadblock, and we'll get back to that in a second. But you're running around with just trying to do all this different stuff and you end up being burnt out, business isn't enjoyable, um, your relationships will suffer, you can't be a great parent because you're just tired and burnt out and you can't do everything properly when you're juggling all those plates. So when you're working in the conductor stage, you don't work in the day-to-day -day operations of your business. What you're doing is you're sitting up top, looking at where the weaknesses are, where, where the strengths are. You're, you're guiding the vision. Um, you're putting together the team. You're, you're ensuring the value structure of the business are kept in, in place. And so a, a person who's working on their business at conductor stage can drive a business <coughs> into operational efficiencies really quickly. That's another word we'll be looking at, operational efficiencies. But they can drive that business to success really quickly, where the person working in the business, they can't. 
right? They're doing the wrong jobs, okay? They're doing things that are what we call the low-dollar productive activities, which other people should be doing. So you, you can be freed up to concentrate on leveraging your time, which means you're building out assets within your business. So a system is an asset. Yes, you might spend 20 or 30 hours working with one key staff member building out a system, but once it's built out, you don't have to do that. It just does the thing that it's supposed to do, and it keeps doing it. <clears throat> that means that once you've finished that job, it is now an asset to the business. Now think about that compared to someone who is doing jobs. A business owner, they're, they're doing the bookkeeping, they're, they're answering the emails, they're doing all those types of things. Well, each time you do the job, you haven't built an asset, you're just trading time for money, you're going to have to keep trading time for money. That doesn't build out a really high-value, high-profit business model. Business model requires that top-down view and someone who's being strategic thinking and controlling how that business works, which is why we call it the conductor stage. Um, in the conductor stage, we, we're not a resource, we're not playing the bass, we're not playing the guitar, we're not playing the drums. We're, we're up there guiding everyone, telling them when they need to do things and bringing them in. We're guiding the resource towards our vision as a conductor. Of course, business owner, tired of working so hard for so little? Want to scale your business so you earn far more working far less? So you can do more of the stuff you love with the people you love? Book a free chat with Perry Marden by going to www.perrymarden.com to see how he can help you. Perry is a wizard with people with a genius for reading personalities. He has a highly developed strategic mind and has guided over 65 business owners to build independently functioning businesses that run themselves. Go to perrymarden.com to book your free chat now. There's another stage, which is independent stage. And, and once the conductor's got the business working and optimizing profit, uh, optimizing all the different systems and departments in that business, they're building out a leadership team. And there's a point where you build out the leadership team so that you don't have to be there. At that point, you reach independent stage. But back to this story. So Adam, he came to us because he was working in his business, trying to get to conduct a stage, knowing he needed to get there, but just being pulled into all the day-to-day -day processes of the business. So he's come on board with us, and uh, one of my uh, genius uh, coaches has been working with Adam and his team. So we, we, we look at their team, we find out well, who's suitable because we've got to see who we can start to pass work on to, who can support Adam in moving him out of the business. And we see he's got two really good team members. So what we start to do with him, and this is Brian, this is my, my head guy, he comes in and he's got to extrapolate all the information out of Adam's brain and it's got to be put on paper because and if you're watching this and you do this you know what I mean if you are a business owner who is doing everything in your business I guarantee you don't have really good systems manuals everything's in here and because everything's in here <laughs> people have to ask you questions and if you want to run a team 
what's in here must be put out on paper and turned into uh, your uh, operations manuals, which become your business's bibles so that your team know what they have to do to run all the different areas of the business. So again, that's usually the first thing we're doing. We're extrapolating the knowledge from the business owner and we're now starting to extrapolate that to key team members and put it in, in their systems manuals so everyone knows what they need to do. Now, of course, as I said before, if you work in your business, you just won't have time for building systems manuals, which means you won't be able to bring on a team and train them properly. This is why people come and employ us, because we work closely with them to do what needs to be done, and we assist them and support them when they can't. Now, at the same time, as they started with us, within about a month, they went to another level of success. They just started getting all these good quality clients. Uh, that's great, because this business has increased cash flow. But all of a sudden, the owner, because we haven't finished the job, this is Adam, we haven't finished extrapolating all that information into systems manuals, and the workload's increased, so it's harder for him to get the time because he's going to deliver to the clients. And we're going to get here for a second. He's going to deliver to the clients because he has he's the knowledge holder that the client requires. Okay, Now that's a big problem because if you're the knowledge holder that the client requires, then you are going to be a resource working in your business or servicing the client. And this isn't going to work long term. Okay, Because all of a sudden, they've got all this extra workload we haven't had time to put in what we need to put in, and Adam's flying all over Spain and Europe and <laughs> doing these big shows, and the poor guy's overwhelmed. He's frantic because he's 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 even in a worse situation. Okay. Now, <clears throat> this is what we call a roadblock. So, how's Adam a roadblock? Okay. So he's so busy doing things in the, in his. Uh, business for the clients as a technical knowledge holder that he's got staff members who don't know what to do and they're waiting to talk to Adam to find out what to do next and this could be back in the office in England okay or wherever and so all of a sudden he's got this huge client load but all the same time he's got these staff he's got to keep feeding information because it's not down on paper yet very overwhelming. So when we say he's a roadblock, he's a roadblock to operational efficiencies. If we could get this knowledge out of his brain, and we will, there's no doubt that we're going to get that, and we get it into systems manuals, all of a sudden we'll have operational efficiencies. And when we've got operational efficiencies, he could still be out working on the tools, working with the clients and customers, but his team will know how to do everything else in the business perfectly and properly without asking him. So all the other things, the, the gathering of the, of, of the um, raw materials that Adam might need on site, um, the invoicing, all the other things required to run the business would, would happen so his workload would be decreased. But we haven't got to that point yet. So he's a total roadblock. Now, we work with our clients to scale their businesses. 
and you can't scale a business when there's a roadblock. So as an example, Adam, if you got five more jobs, I don't know but what it is, whether it's five or ten, it might be just too much, where all of a sudden that business can't deliver effectively or properly. Okay? Um, and so because of the roadblock, because when there's roadblocks or operational inefficiencies, not efficiencies, and things fall apart. So, roadblocks are good, and I'm going to tell you why in a second, but this is a roadblock. I'm explaining what a roadblock is. So, if you want to scale a business, one of the most important things you've got to understand is you cannot have roadblocks. So, as an example, for uh, Adam's business to scale in the way that we need it to scale, and when I say we, he wants it to scale. He, he wants to get off the tools and be running that business um, and at some point having good long holidays while that business runs without him. The, to, to have scale in Adam's business as an example, you would have to have an increased capacity to deliver. Now, an increased capacity to deliver might look like this. Once the admin systems are in place and the team's in place, you can probably run quite a small, small team when you have um, really good automated software processes in place. So that's good because we, I would imagine the operating cost can stay low no matter what the um, quantity of client numbers are. That's a good thing. I, I try to work my businesses in that way because if your costs of operation escalate in alignment with the scalability of business, your margins aren't in place. So if you can keep um, uh, uh, operation, uh, operating costs low, meaning they don't increase with increased client numbers, that's a really winning model. And to make this work, he's going to have to have good quality technical people. He's going to have to have a mini-me's duplicating himself and building himself out of that business by putting the good technical people in front. And then once again, we'll be looking for people that have that technical ability, but we're going to have to take that knowledge, because he's very good at what he does, from up here, and we've got to put that in systems manuals for the other technicians. But none of this happens unless we navigate um, roadblocks properly. I've seen people stay in roadblocks for years. I talked to a lady yesterday. She's been in a roadblock for 20 years, right? <laughs> Where she can't move past an operational capacity because she's a roadblock in the business and can't move from that. So in, in this example, and I've got to tell you, this, is, this can be stressful because all this work's coming in. I think they're doing like 15, 16 hours a day sometimes, right? And so then they're tired. So you can imagine the chaos when all the client loads come in and, and they don't have their systems in place. Like, wow, that just causes stress, and I know all about that because I've experienced that, right? Um, when you have rapid growth in a business but your systems aren't put in place. And by the way, I'll just talk to that for a second because oftentimes um, you're better off using the Microsoft model, right? And the Microsoft model... They run their system with clients. It's called better testing. 
but they used to better test in private, then they started better testing in public. They released software, think about it. Uh, Apple do it now too, but Microsoft were the first people that really did this. They'd release software with all sorts of problems, knowing they'd get a deluge of complaints. And those deluge of complaints would allow the tech teams to support, support sort out those problems. Now, I kind of don't like that model because it impacts uh, clients and customers. But in a way, it is a good model, and I use it, right? So oftentimes, if you try and put your systems in place, um, you know, you're working out, well, this is, this is what's going to happen. We've got clients, and this is what's going to... You'll, you'll be missing things, right? Left, right, and center. Where if you go into the marketplace... Ensure you're not, you, you can deliver, ensure that you can do a good job, um, but test, right? <laughs> run your product, run your service, um, and then as you start to get the complaints about what's not working, those complaints are gold, right? Because you're then able to rewire your entire system based on real-world feedback. So in some ways, it... It saves you a lot of time and money, and it's far more accurate than trying to work it out before you go to market. Obviously, you've got to have certain things in place to deliver properly. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a moment. So, here's Adam. Working, 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 working. Oh, just stressed out, delivering. Got to get this knowledge from his head onto paper for the systems manuals. A lot of stress, burnt out, tired, can't do things properly. How do I know? Been there, done that, understand it. Okay? Now, he won't be able to think strategically. So when you're, this is the problem when you work in a business and you're, 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 you're the roadblock because you're carrying too many roles, you, you, <laughs> your brain is so into what you're doing, you can't think strategically. No. This is why you've got to get conductor stage as soon as possible because you, you start to work smarter when you're conductor stage because your workload decreases. When I say workload decreases, your thinking load increases, your strategic load increases, your learning load increases because how you build your business is based on your intellect and how smart you are. Okay? And so when you're doing all the time, you run out of energy for thinking. This is why we get out of doing, become the conductor, we spend more time thinking. Business owners, have you ever seen a horse try to fly or a fish walk? Of course not. But you have seen thousands of entrepreneurs and investors working in roles they were not designed for by nature. That's called being out of alignment. It's stressful, hard work and not profitable. Introducing the Entrepreneur's Strength Identifier, an instant game changer for you and your business. The Entrepreneur's Strength Identifier reveals the entrepreneurial talents, strengths and gifts that you already possess, that are imprinted on your DNA and that you must leverage to hit your highest profit potential with joy, inspiration and ease. This brings you into alignment with your most natural instinctive wealth creation path, the one you must leverage and scale for greater profit and freedom. Find out more at perrymarden.com. Look for the Entrepreneur's Strength Identifier. The So with Adam, right, let's look at some other issues and challenges. If he wasn't under our guidance, he would possibly make a really, really bad mistake. And many of you listening to me 
right now or watching me will relate to this mistake. You're the roadblock. You're stressed, you're overworked, and great that you've had that success in getting the clients. So something's working. Okay? Um, and if they weren't under our tutors, Adam would probably go out and just employ someone real quickly. Okay? So in employing someone, he would make a massive mistake. Because if you're overworked, you're already in a roadblock, that means that you are a desperate, typically desperate in the recruitment process. Now, when our clients work with us, what we do is we map their teams out. So we, work, we, we identify their leaders, um, and we spend time starting to understand their leaders and how they operate, how they think. And so... Um, what we're doing when we do that is we take the the owner's personality. What are their strengths and weaknesses? Okay, so if that's their strengths and weaknesses, they need the opposite. So they need someone as their right-hand person that's strong where they're weak. So as an example, Adam is a, a, a really... A people oriented person. He's a, a communicator. He's very warm. He's he's effervescent. He's uh, you know he brings people together and he lights up and he has lots of fun and he's he, he's good, quick with ideas. But he's absolutely hopeless at details and and planning. Okay. Now I've got no issue that he's hopeless at those things because I'm not particularly great at it either. Right. We we teach people to work in their gifts, but build your team out so that. Your weaknesses are covered off on. Okay, so so uh, one of his team members, Lee, got great values. Um, he's a, 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 what we call a practical person. He's more of an evaluator, and so he loves all the details. He wants to check boxes. He he wants to know um, the the rules of engagement. What you do first. What you do second. What you want third. He wants checklists to make sure that the products that go out of the um, they go off to the job that they're checked off so that everyone knows where everything is and that that everything is allocated properly into uh, costings for the, the jobs they're doing. Those types of things. Okay, so you can see here we've got the ideas guy, the technical guy. He's out there building relationships, doing what he's doing, and he runs the business. He's got good ideas, and then we've got the offsider who can really work and get the information over Adam's head and ask him three or four times just to make sure that he's getting it right and he can build out these systems uh, manuals. Okay. He also has another gentleman called Peter who's a wise old head and a wise old head in business who uh, we need to get some of the good, uh, some of the marketing collateral that they use upgraded so that he can sell more efficiently. And again, that knowledge will come out of Adam's head. So you can see that when we work with teams, we're, we're really approaching it, um, well, I suppose it's from a behavioral science, science perspective, we're really analyzing who needs to go where, and we're also ensuring they've got the right value systems. Okay, So are they high in conscientiousness? Meaning that means that if Adam uh, goes you know, away for three days, anyone that's high in conscientiousness is not going to slack off because they just want to do a good job, right? That's what they want to do. If you're high in conscientiousness, you don't need the boss there to motivate you to do a good job. You just want to do a good job. <clears throat> anyway, 
So, as you can see, there's this, this pressure, and I talked about the first mistake Adam might make if he wasn't under our tutelage, and he might go to pull on a hire right now. Okay? And we will be advising that to him. We're going to be having to look at, and we'll get to that in a second, but we, we, <laughs> when we work with our clients getting hires, we're very, very, um, what would you call it? We're very uh, careful. We, we have a recruitment system that is just amazing. It, it's accurate. And we want to put any uh, rec new potential recruit through that entire process that we use to get the right person. So what we'll be doing, or Brian will be doing next time he, he meets with uh, Adam and his team, he'll start to look for the gaps. Okay. So... Um, can we get a technical specialist on might be the first question so that they can share the workload with Adam okay um, so that we can reduce Adam's workload on the tools and so that then we can bring him back to doing what he needs to do which is to take this knowledge out so that they can build out the system so there's operational efficiencies within uh, the business now, if this technical person is harder to find, then what we will be doing is we will be looking at, well, what support can we get in? And this is based on needs. We're going to be looking at what Adam does or what other key team members are doing in their leadership team that they could be freed up from to do something else that will decrease the load. Now, what we're doing here right now, because now we're going to get to a roadblock, what, what roadblocks are, or how we're navigating roadblocks, and then sort of dig into why roadblocks are amazing to have. Okay, so um, roadblocks mean there aren't enough resources to deal with the situation. Now, when we talk about resources, um, resources can be knowledge, resources can be people, resources can be systems, they can, they can be a whole bunch of things. But what you'll typically see is, so, so as an example, a roadblock that might show up in a system is um, the, uh, okay, so as an example, someone might be doing, a salesperson might be doing a sales call, and at the end of the sales call, right, um, there's a whole bunch of things to send out to that prospect. Now, there might be a problem within the system that they can't just do this thing with one or two clicks. It might take a lot of effort and energy or the system doesn't work particularly productively. And that, that system, well, that's okay if you've got 10 prospects a day, but the moment you've got up to 70 prospects a day, what happens is stuff doesn't get done because it requires too much of the salesperson to do these 10 things for each person to send the stuff off. Okay, So you can see that you that the, a lack of resources, and the resources there are in the system. Because we would want for the salesperson, once they finish the sales call, maybe just to click one thing on their computer, and that thing ensures that automatically everything's delivered to that client. Okay, so then we can upgrade the amount of incoming, because the new system will handle that. So coming back to Adam, what we're doing is um, now we're, we're allocate. We're, we're now doing needs analysis on what resources, and at this point it is human resources, are required to balance out the team and to take the load away from him or his key people. And then, secondly, what systems issues are creating some of the operational inefficiencies? Okay, 
And so we'll go to fix those as well. Now, once we've got the right team in place and we've fixed some of those operational efficiencies, what might happen is Adam still might be on the tools because they're being, they're, they're being very successful and they're getting lots of clients coming, um, but he'll be working less times on the, on the tools and uh, all areas of business will be working well uh, and efficiently, which will decrease his stress because while the business is really, really busy but the systems aren't in place, poor Adam is going to have this problem that many of you all have because if your systems aren't in place and aren't working, your key team aren't in place, you're doing your stuff, but you're feeling like, oh, I can't trust. Has this been done? Has that been done? So not only are you looking after the roles that you, you look after, but your mind has to think about all the other things that maybe your team haven't done or have to do that, they, that, that you haven't told them about, right, because your system's aren't in place. Now, roadblocks. So again, this is how you address roadblocks. And roadblocks must be addressed, and roadblocks are a gift, right to you they don't feel like it at the time so when you have um, roadblocks the great thing about roadblocks is that you are really able to address a problem because a roadblock is an inefficiency or lack of resources that shows up under load at a certain time and so all you need to do is to fix the roadblock and that will already improve operation efficiencies and the ability to scale and the ability to start moving yourself out of the business. Now, what you'll see is that each stage of development within a business is more and more roadblocks. And it's really interesting because I personally, I really feel, well, I love roadblocks because I know I'm doing the right thing when I see roadblocks, right? Because roadblocks show up under success, right? This is why the poor business owner who goes into business and they think to themselves, oh, I can do everything on my own, and they don't know what we know about building a business that runs independently from you. You know, it all goes pretty well while they're not doing that well. But the moment they start to have some success because their marketing's working or their word of mouth's working, all of a sudden they realise their whole business is full of roadblocks and the main one being them because... Once they're successful, the load shows what needs to be removed for the, to continue to facilitate that load effectively or to facilitate greater loads. So how you manage roadblocks is really important and a great attitude as well. Great, this is another roadblock. Uh, i just quickly share before, before we wind up, I'm probably going to communicate about this in our next show as well, but in this, um, we... Really important. One of the approaches that we use is, as I said before, we're not going to build out our systems for a new product or a new service or anything that we're doing to its full capacity before launch. And, you know, there'll be evaluators watching this. You know, your evaluators are very careful people who don't want to take any risks, and so they spend lots of time researching building the perfect machine. The problem with that approach is before you launch, it's assumption, right? There's assumption. It's only in the marketplace that you get real feedback. And so, yes, I'm not being saying be be a cowboy, okay, and, and, and just be really rough. Or if you are going to take the cowboy approach, you've got to have all the resources on hand, right? So if things go wrong, then you've got to make sure your team's in place and that they can deal with that manually, 
right, and, and deal with it quickly so a client's not annoyed or upset. Um, so the basic premise is we build out our systems to a certain point and then we go out into the marketplace and not in a big way and we start to test. And as we test, we're getting these clients on board and we're going to be working really closely with those clients, actually, to find out what did you like, what didn't you like, what didn't you understand in our instructions or, or, or what. Break out of ruts, plateaus and problems fast. Regardless of your role or position in life, business owner, investor, parent, employee, in a relationship, are you really comfortable with where you are? Are you being true to yourself and getting what you want? Feeling stuck, in a rut, challenged, time for a change? Are you living your greatest, most fulfilling life? Self-actualizing your strengths and gifts? Problems to solve? If you'd like some help, Perry is here with his rare wizard-like people reading and facilitation skills. Perry can read you on multiple levels in seconds and immediately see what is undermining you, the best path forward for you, and reveal solutions to present challenges, saving you time and money and getting you back on track fast. When you work with normal coaches, business coaches and consultants, or even highly trained psychology professionals, it takes them many sessions just to get to know you enough to provide solutions. With Perry, it takes minutes. Book a free chat with Perry to see how he can help you by going to www.perrymarden.com. And we take all that information and we log that information. And I have someone, this is another hint before we go. I have someone, she's a superwoman, her name's Dee. Um, she will work through all those challenges and she will upgrade, improve, and develop the systems. Now, why D? Okay. D, because she loves operations. She's very good at that. She's a very strategic planner. She can project manage really easily. She, she loves doing the flow chart. She, she's, that's the way her brain works. I shouldn't be doing that. I should be doing what I'm doing now. See this thing? It moves a lot for me and easily, right? So I can communicate, teach, and uh, share what we know about building people out of their businesses. By the way, if you are interested, you've got to go check out my new course called Business Freedom Formula. Uh, this course is a love child. Look, we've run programs for years. We run coaching programs where we really work with people and build them out of their businesses. Uh, hot, hot, lots of coaching involved with that, working with coaches, working with my team, working with me. Uh, we've got a whole system that we use to take a person from working in their business through the conductor, through the independence. What I've done is um, I've been breaking all that down into a standalone course. It's my love child. Um, it's for those people that don't feel that they want to get coaching or they don't want to be in our bigger program, but they still want to know what needs to be done. And so this course shows you exactly how to build yourself out of the business, the steps involved with that. And also, and just as importantly, if not more importantly, it helps you understand your own personal relationship with wealth power and money most people that we work with and i'm going to say around 90 percent of them on the unconscious level have all sorts of belief systems 
you know, you got to remember, we've all grown up through an education system that's about turning us into slaves for a capitalistic system. And that's not a conspiracy theory, right? As we went from the ag to the industrial age, we needed workers uh, in um, the big plants, this is the stuff that developed them into the factories. And so the education system, you know, <laughs> it's designed to teach people to work really hard trading their time for money. You weren't taught to be an entrepreneur. So most people are programmed with this thinking that served the corporate elites, the industrial elites at the, the beginning of the century. So all these things impact how you operate as a person who's trying to build themselves out of their business. And for the most part, all your beliefs don't support that. So this course also really helps you understand all the belief systems um, and helps you to start to overcome the belief systems that have you where you are right now, you know, working too much in your business. You have to become the person with the belief systems who can build a business that runs independently of them. This course gives you the steps, the steps you've got to take, how to do it, and also develops it. So check that out in the link below. I hope you get a lot from, from today's show. I love sharing this stuff. Like this video, share it. Uh, if you want to do a free strategies call with me, I can promise you you're going to get lots of breakthroughs and insight. Book it through the link below, or just go to my website, perrymartin.com, and uh, let's see what we can do for you. Catch ya. See ya.